baseball and whatever with your host, Justin McAwee. Because I was on campus and I had to appear like I was one of the cool kids, I would put the Star Wars book inside one of my textbooks so it looked like I was just studying for class. <laughs> All right, look, there's only one return, okay? And it ain't of the king, it's of the Jedi. Vincent Francis Jenkins aboard. I'm a glorified fact checker. Last I checked, the most runs in a game wins. Actually, I am a fact checker. And Greg Probst. If you look at most Bond fans movie rankings, they have Casino Royale and Majesties in their top two. For me, these actually rank in the bottom part of my list. I mean, I love them, but they don't compare to Diamond Club Forever. No, stop getting Bond wrong! Hello, everybody. Episode 89 of Baseball and Whatever. I'm Justin. There's Vinny. Uh, we are back. Another another episode. I apologize for the delay. I got home late because we had parent-teacher conferences tonight. So uh, I got home like 20 minutes ago. But uh, we're here. Uh, it, you know, I got to say, Vinny, it's kind of boring when you're not a teacher anymore. You just, you just, I got all my work done instead. I just sit at my desk and do all my stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah, I did all my. Yeah. I did, did design some tech projects and put out a couple fires for computers that weren't working, and uh, that's it. I got my iced coffee. I'm ready to stay awake. I'm losing my voice too. I got to tell you, I've been on a cold brew coffee kick, and I've been making my own at home because I'm. Oh, look at you! I'm a. So what, I'm wait, an old, how do you I'm do an old, the cold brew? Uh, I buy cold brew in a jug, and then I mix it with water, and then I pour some creamer in it and some ice cubes, and that's it. You mix the cold brew coffee in water? Yeah, because the cold brew... add cream to it? The, the cold brew is too strong. I don't like coffee black. So That's you what mix the it for. Yeah, but then you got to put too much creamer in and it's fattening, so... Dear God. So what I was going to say is <laughs> I've been trying... Oh, there's a lot of things. I've said that way too many times on this show. Is I've been do. trying different creamers each time I go to the store. This is a tangent. Uh, I, I tried a Snickers coffee creamer, which was excellent. Um, but one teaspoon, one tablespoon was 10% of your, uh, daily sugar content. So that wasn't good. Then I, I tried a sugar-free substitute from Starbucks. That was a caramel. That was pretty good, but was giving me a stomach ache because I think of the sucrose because it's not real sugar. I I haven't decided. And then I tried a sugar, a regular version of Starbucks coffee creamer, but this is cinnamon dolce. But it doesn't really taste like cinnamon at all. It's kind of, it's very bland. So I'm kind of disappointed. Very dolce? Yes, it's very dolce. So anyway, I will stop talking about coffee. Yes, what do you want to share? You could just drink the coffee just regular. Black? Yeah, but it doesn't taste. Well, I did, I did, it is, and I do drink almond milk in my smoothies. Don't put almond milk in it, don't you dare put almond milk in it, put regular milk in it. Well, I have tried almond milk and it wasn't good in coffee, so. No, because the almond milk like breaks up and it gets like It's watery, yeah. Yeah, so I've been just doing what, Steal some of Maddie's whole milk. Whole milk? Yeah, that, yeah. I've been doing like half a, half a cup of water. So like I fill the water up to here and then I fill the rest of coffee up the to there. The water. I don't get that. That's gross. I don't know. I don't Watering drink coffee. coffee. I don't drink coffee on a regular. I usually just go to Starbucks for coffee. I get 
When I get a cold brew from there, it's amazing. I know what I'm getting. All right. Anyway, Why don't let's you start. Just buy the Starbucks cold. Brew? No, we, we can't. You're not just going to push <laughs> past this, Justin. We're going to have to get to the bottom of this. All right. I mean, all right. Why don't you just get the Star- Starbucks cold brew from the store? They sell well, that there. They do, but I don't know if they sell the creamer. That so, like, I, when I go to Starbucks, I get a, a, a vanilla sweet cream cold brew. And it's great because it's only 100 okay. calories and it's a grande. It's 16 ounces and it wakes me up in the morning. Uh, but I don't know. They don't sell the vanilla sweet cream creamer as far as I know. And yeah, I don't know. I haven't really. I haven't really. You could just buy f- regular vanilla creamer. It's yeah, I could. The same thing. It's probably the same. You're just buying the, the label at that point. I did see they had an almond milk creamer. I was kind of curious about that. Those aren't good. <laughs> They're not good. All right, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't even no. try that then. So yeah. So I am. I but, am. But uh, then again, you like almond milk though. So I do. Well, that. I don't really like it. I just can't taste it when I make like protein smoothies in the morning with fruit and stuff. So yeah, don't uh, get it then because yeah. you can taste the difference. You can taste the difference. All right. Well, now that we've solved that crisis, I appreciate it, Vinny. Uh, this I don't week think we've really solved it. But no, we we've it. we've we've smoothed out the rough edges of that one. Um. We are here this week. We're going to talk baseball. There is so much to discuss on the White Sox. Um, oh, my God. I, I'm not even a White Sox fan. I know I say that every week. But I am angry for that team's fan base. A um, little bit on the Cubs that maybe we can discuss. And then we're going to go over Zips and Pakota rankings or, or um, statistics, predictions. predictions. And if you're not familiar with those... Those are predictions from Fangraphs, and I think is it Baseball Prospectus. It's I know Fangraphs does one of them, yeah. and they kind of take into account um, players' stats from previous seasons, their trajectories, and they try and build out who's going to have the most wins and losses, and some stats and things like that. So we'll talk about that, and then lastly, we are going to break down and rank our favorite Pixar movies of all time. And uh, I was kind of surprised. There's not as many Pixar movies that I like. I thought there were more. Really. Hot take, yeah. I feel like lately Disney oh, animation has done better than Pixar. I don't know if that's... Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know. There, There is a couple. There's that. one in particular on here that I did not plan on liking until I saw it last year, and I really enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple times now. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, last week was episode 88. We did our Super Bowl show with Jordan from Live School. If you want to check that out, this week's episode 89. So, Vinny, are we doing 88 and 89 jersey numbers, or do you just want to stick to 89? Your call. We'll just do. We'll just do 89. All right, it's not fair like enough. There was a lot of 88s. Well, I'm sure there was just Kane. That's it. Patrick Kane and that's Patrick about Kane, it. Luis Robert. Yes. And then a slew of Bears. Which all right. So sure. 89. All wide receiver numbers, so it wouldn't have been good. <sighs> All right, 89, 89. Um, you have one Blackhawk and one Chicago Cub, and that's it besides the Bears. All right, Blackhawks that wore 89. Let me think here. Uh, Only one. I honestly don't know. Who wore 89? It's this year. Oh, it's this year? Um, yeah, it's not. Know. It's not Max Domi, is it? Nope. No, it's not Max Domi. Nope. Uh, I don't know. Who is it then? It is Andreas Athen. Uh, oh, Athanasio. Andreas Athanasio. Yep. See yep. You. That's it. All that right. Is it any good? Uh not really. If no, if he okay. could be a little bit better, he could be a decent trade piece at the deadline. But I don't think they're going to get much for him. So. Okay. Yep. Um. All right. Eighty nine for the Cubs. 
89 for the Cubs. What year? Can you give me a, a year or a position or something? 2021. Ooh. Uh, was it a pitcher? It was a pitcher. He has last pitched with the New York Mets, uh, twenty one uh, in, in two thousand twenty one. Actually, he's uh, you see him quite a bit on Twitter. I don't know if uh, that helps. Um, no, it doesn't. No, okay. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The, more it's 89? Robert Stock. Oh yeah, no, I would not have ever guessed that in a million years. Guessed him? No. Okay. No, I would not have. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody Chicago else? Bears now. Oh God, nope. I have no clue for Chicago Bears. This is I... not a good list here. Uh, no, there, this is a bad only, day guess, for. There's one big one. Okay. You should get. That's eighty nine. Yeah, uh, I'm actually it... surprised this number wasn't retired. Oh, Ditka. Yes. Yes, Ditka wore 89. Good job, Justin. Yep, that's right. I remember because I almost bought a Ditka jersey a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really surprised that one because retired, the NFL yeah. has just told the Bears they can't retire any more numbers, and I feel like I feel like you know he played with them for five years, sixty oh only five years, sixty yeah. to sixty six. That's not a long time. I thought no. he played a lot longer. With the Bears. No, yeah, I guess you're right. I just feel like, though, he's a guy that is synonymous with that organization, though. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, he co- you know, coached the, the Super Bowl team in 85. You thought, like, you would think that they would have retired his number. You would think. After you that. You would think. Yeah, you would. I mean, I, I didn't realize that he played with any other teams. He played with Philadelphia and okay. the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, Which I really? guess he did also coach for Dallas before he joined the Bears as a head coach. Um, okay. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. So I, I would have thought that he played his entire career with the Bears the way football historians make it sound like. You would think, yeah. You know, um, speaking of Ditka's, have you ever been to the restaurant, his restaurant? Or is I have there, not. It, neither have I. No, I couldn't tell you. I've okay. never been. Never been to Jordan's restaurant or Harry Carey's either, actually, now that I think of it. I'm um, 0 for 3. I've been to Harry Carey's. I've had drinks at Harry Carey's. Okay. And okay. Jordan's, I I, I actually went, went to, I, I barely remember it, but we were downtown Chicago for the Mayor's Cup 3v3 soccer tournament, and it got rained out, and I think we went to Jordan's that, that evening, um, and we ate there. I okay. Think. I don't know. I don't know. I could, I could be mis- <laughs> misremembering that, but oh well. I Fair digress. Um, yes. Any other bears uh, come to mind for? No, you're for you? you're asking the wrong guy. I can't think of anybody. Yeah, the last person to wear it was in 2011, 2012, and that was Matt Spath. Oh, Matt was Spath? he? Yes. Um, tight end. Tight end. Okay. I remember the name. I don't remember him being any anything to write home about though. No. Ryan Wetnight, you remember him, 93 to 99? No. <laughs> Very what? inappropriate name. Yeah, I, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> um, other than that, James Scott, 1976 to 1983. No. Okay. Probably not. Doesn't ring a bell, and, no. And Bob, Bob Wallace. Those are the only like real names hmm. I... Yeah, I... Bad... Bad number eighty nine. Not 
Not a lot out there. Not, not and I'm guessing '90s uh, not going to be very good either. Probably not. We'll, we'll we'll see next week. Yeah, I got. I can think of one bear that had '90, but that's it. All right. Um. Okay. Well, uh, we do have a couple of um, new reviews to go along with our listener comments section. So, Vinny, I'll take the first one if you want to take the second one. Uh, this was sure. a review on Apple from Mike. He said, the fellows do a great job keeping you entertained with their ability to shift and talk tons of different topics. Feels like you're just hanging out with some friends. They are a great listen. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate that. Or Too we kind. appreciate that. Too kind. I, I like to think we can be very friendly when we want to be, you know? And then there's times where we're not friendly really? at all. Do we come off uh, as friendly? I don't know. I think I do. I don't know if you I don't know if you or Greg do. Greg uh, does. I don't think so. You know, I think Greg's probably the, the friendliest one. The no, boomer? Greg, Greg doesn't. I don't think Greg does. Greg tells it how it is. All right, I, I that's think, true. I think it goes, probably Greg is probably the one that tells it like it is, and, and then I'm, like, right above Greg, and then, like, you're, like, the fence sitter. I don't want to cause <laughs> any trouble. That is, I don't like confrontation. How'd you know? That, that is very true. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead and take the next one, Vinny. Uh, Wrestling Society writes in very well informed on baseball and more. The team actually knows, or yeah, the team actually knows what they are talking about and bring the entertainment with informed takes, not the typical dry sports takes or people yelling at each other to get hits. Five stars. Well, thank you, Wrestling thank Society. You. Yeah, we yeah. don't. I think it helps that Justin is not confrontational, so we're not. I'm not confrontational. I think you, yeah, you and Greg definitely have the more. I don't know. I feel Hot like takes. it. Yeah, I don't know. It takes a lot to get me really amped up. Um, it yeah, really does. Uh, it really does. <laughs> That's I mean, when you know. E- yeah. Even even with the Blackhawk stuff, you were still you weren't yelling. Subdued. Were. I wasn't yelling. No. Yes. No. They're God. They're they're just so bad. Um, all right. Well couple things i i do have i don't know if this is a hot take do you want to play the music or should we just jump right into it i think we could just jump right into it i think we maybe need to reformat the the opening where we're talking about takes. like shows right. and stuff like maybe maybe we need a, a flex uh flex play there where we can right. insert different uh sound bites and stuff all right well i don't know i i'll be honest i did not get to watch a lot of the super bowl um just because Maddie was running around and wanting to play, so mm-hmm. what I I didn't get a chance to see a lot of the, the commercials trailers, but this was one in particular that I think got released either hours before or the day before, which was weird. That happened a lot this year, and that is the trailer for the new Flash movie. I am so excited. I've probably watched that trailer six or seven times since it came out. Wow. I really... That's a lot. I did this with both Suicide Squad movies, too, and then I ended up not liking either one of those movies. But, um... So, yeah, so... that? Uh, that would be mine, sir. <laughs> Building it up too much. Um, so, okay, yep. a couple things. I really enjoyed... Um, Ezra Miller uh, is kind of a nut job. I think it's mm-hmm. safe to say. I think he was kind of terrorizing the people of Hawaii. I think he still lives there. Uh, a lot of lot of things that he's being charged with and things like that. I know he's trying to get some help now, um, but I did like his version of the Flash. I thought it was a cool version. Granted, I don't know much about the Flash besides being able to run. I don't know, um, 
you know, too much else. I tried watching the, the CW show and I was like, I couldn't get into it. Um, but I do like the way that that character works in the last couple movies. I think it's interesting. I'm not a Ben Affleck Batman fan, but I do like his Bruce Wayne. So I thought it was interesting that he's going to be in this briefly, I think. But the the yeah. lead we're burying here is I am I was so excited to see Michael Keaton in that Batman outfit and just the way he started, mm-hmm. you know, the classic yeah, I'm Batman. Like it wasn't it wasn't forced. Right. It was just it was really cool. Um I'm not sure. I couldn't tell who was on the the Christopher Nolan ask Bat Cycle if that was Ben Affleck yeah, or Michael Keaton. I thought that was cool seeing that. That yes. I mean Obviously, Keaton was like the best part of it, but yes. seeing that, I was like, "Ooh, that was pretty they, cool." I mean, we haven't heard anything about Christian Bale. I no. don't think he's. I don't think in so it, but, either. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like that looks pretty cool. I do like the, and I think it's from a comic series from 2011 called Flashpoint, where um, the Flash kind of breaks the time continuum because he changes a couple things and it messes everything up. So you have all these different universes and, you know, instead of Clark Kent is Superman landing in the United States, Supergirl, who I don't know much about Supergirl, but she lands, she's captured and then they set her free. And then she, uh, I'm assuming goes on to help them fight. Cause now general Zod is invading going back to one of the other Superman movies that um, Henry Cavill did where he defeats him. Didn't see that one. I'll be honest. I don't really care too much about Superman. But uh, now that there's no Superman, because there's none of these in the metahumans, as they call them, are not there. It's just the two flat. It's the Flash, Barry Burton, talking to his other version of himself in this new universe, and then Supergirl and Batman, and that's it. So I'll be curious to see who else shows up. I did hear that supposedly um, they are making another Batman with uh, Robin, but it's going to be. Um, the it's going to be the Damian Wayne version of Robin, where it's it's actually Batman's son with Talia Al Ghul. Okay. Um, and supposedly this was leaked online. I don't know how true this is, but they the leaker said one of the other Batmans is coming back to play this version of Batman, and it's not Ben Affleck and it's not Michael Keaton. And you know George Clooney's not coming back to play Batman anytime soon. So that leaves Christopher Nolan's Batman, which is Christian Bale, because Val Kilmer is definitely not going to be able to with his health, the health issues he has. So, like, yeah. the thought of Christian Bale coming back, like, is this a way to start to work that in as well? Maybe there's another, like, splintered universe. Um, what if they What if they bring Adam West back in, like, CGI form? Uh, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Can they tilt the camera they so it looks like he's climbing the ceiling? Yeah. <laughs> right. Climbing the wall? Yeah. With uh, with Robin? Boy Wonder? Right. So, yeah, like, I I think that's pretty cool because I haven't read those comics, but I've played a couple video games with that version of Robin in it. And I'll be honest, that version of Robin is like a complete a-hole because he's raised not knowing Batman is his dad. He's raised with the League of Shadows, League of Assassins, which is Raz al Ghul and Talia al Ghul. So he's raised to be like kind of a, not a criminal, but kind of a, on the wrong side of the law. And now it's Batman, Bruce Wayne trying to teach him the right way. And there's constantly this, this clash. But anyway, getting back to the Flash movie, it looks awesome. Comes out in June. I was trying to get your sister. I'm like, I know you like Michael Keaton, Batman. Let's go see this together. Do you want to watch the trailer? And she's like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, what do you mean you're good? You like, you like Michael Keaton, Batman. She goes, no, I just like Batman Returns because it's, it's, uh, it's Tim Burton, and that one's really weird, and Danny DeVito's in it. And I'm like... Makes sense. Okay, well, now I gotta go Maybe see this Danny by myself. Maybe Danny DeVito will make an appearance. That would be cool, but I don't. I doubt it's gonna happen, but that would be cool. 
Can we get can we get Max Shrek in this too? Um, Yeah, yeah. That's that's all I got. What about your what's your uh, interesting take this week, Vinny? Um, I finished. I started and finished uh, the James Bond movie, License to Kill, with uh, Timothy Dalton as James Bond. I have to say, I enjoyed that movie. Justin, I think you might actually like that one. Really? Um, it's kind of a straightforward Bond film. There's no like. I mean, I've didn't watch the Timothy Dalton one before that, and I wasn't lost. I'll say that, okay. Justin, which most of the Bond films you can kind of watch. They're stand- yeah, being they're lost. close I guess to standalone. The Craig ones are probably the only, I guess, like, the yeah, Craig ones I know for sure you, you'd be lost in if you kind of just jumped yeah. in the middle. But the Dalton one was good. Um, it's kind of just like a action movie. It's fun, um, kind of gruesome. Uh, for a Bond film, I have to say, I haven't seen all of them, uh, okay. but the ones I have seen, this one was kind of a little on the gruesome side on some of the mm. the parts in it, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, good action movie. Very 80s, uh, 80s-ish feel, because I think it takes place in the, the late 80s. Uh, okay. But yeah, I, it it was a good movie, and I I recommend watching it, uh, especially so, for someone like you, Justin. That's not really into the Bond films right. per se, but I think I think this one is. Um, I think you could like this one. I think you would like this one if you watched it. I feel like I need a gateway drug to get into the Bond series. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think this would be a good one. Just like I said, it's not. There's no like Spectre or anything like that mentioned. It's kind of like a. Uh, a point A to point B. There's not really uh, like twists or anything like you know a spy type thriller where there's you know it, you know who the bad guy is and Bond's going after him. There's not a lot of thinking involved, I guess, in it. So okay. yeah, I think you could you could sit there, watch it, and enjoy the film for what it is. All right, well maybe I'll. I'm gonna have a spring break coming up. Maybe I'll I'll watch it one night. You know, it's on Paramount Plus. Oh, I uh, we don't have Paramount Plus. Well, so someone you know does, and maybe someone I do know. Yeah, or I could uh, login information. I'm sure I could cough up the money for for one month. It's not that bad. But all right, cool. I will keep an eye out for that. Maybe I will give that a shot. Um. All right. Well, are we ready? Should we get into the, the the nitty gritty here of baseball? Sure. Why not? All right. Baseball. Welcome back to Major League Baseball. Sort of. Taking a look at Chicago's two favorite teams and other happenings around the MLB. All righty. I guess really quick, we can kind of just cross this one off the list. The Cubs did add another bullpen arm. uh, And this week they signed and brought on former Detroit Tiger Michael Fulmer. Um, Yeah, I don't. I'll be honest. I I've heard the name. I'm familiar somewhat with him. He had a .8 WAR last year, 3.39 ERA over 63 innings. Uh, also was a former Twin. Uh, let's see where else did he play? Oh, wait, no, he wasn't a Detroit twin. and Minnesota. Oh he, yes, yeah, he Detroit got and Minnesota. To Minnesota last Thank year. Thank you. All right, I'm looking. I'm looking at his sta- his his stats, and I'm like, I don't even see Minnesota on here. All right, so um, I mean, I'm. Hey, the more bullpen arms, the better. Um, I feel like the Cubs do a nice job of kind of grabbing people from all over, and they every year that's one one of their. I'd say it's a strength for the most part. You know, bullpens are kind of fickle, and theirs is usually consistent. So I don't know what was your take. Were you excited? Or are you kind of 
thinking that's it. No Andrew Chaffin, Chaffin for that matter. I think he just signed yeah, somewhere Andrew too. Andrew Chaffin right? signed with uh, Arizona this yes, week. Yes, which makes uh, which no is, sense. That was a weird yeah. signing. Yeah, uh, Arizona and Colorado—they just like those two teams out west that like don't make much sense. They do weird no. things, but no. Um, yeah, the signing was good. Having a nice veteran uh, reliever in there, like you said. The Cubs somehow, um, you know, just recently they've been able to piece together bullpens pretty well. Um, whether that's the pitch uh, due to the pitch lab, pitch coaching, or just they their scouting department really knows who to get. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good signing. They still looking at it. They still have flexibility to add a left-handed reliever, which they need to do. Yes. Um, and they have the money in the budget. They're still not over the tax yet with signing uh, Fulmer because I think it was like four million for four between four and five million. Um, right. So they have some flexibility there. So I still would expect them maybe to add a lefty reliever, uh, veteran guy, and we'll see. Uh, there, I mean, pitchers and catchers have reported, so they kind of have to uh, move on that if they're gonna bring somebody in because they want to get them they should be wanting to get that guy ready to go for the season so we'll see we'll see what they end up doing yeah i'm i'm excited i know i saw quite a few guys for the cubs have already reported um that you wouldn't expect in terms of like position players and stuff but i know there was uh was it marcus stroman was quoted as something saying something along the lines of you know, with Dansby Swanson back there and Nico Horner, he what did he say? My my sinker's gonna sink extra hard this year. Like he, they they yeah. are they are really excited to have those two guys up the middle, especially with the no shift policies or the no shift changes. Um, yeah, I, I I know Obvious Shirts has a shirt out already called "It's a Sinker's Gonna Sink." Uh, you know, they got on that really quick. But overall, I'm excited. Baseball season is almost here. Um, I just we just got to get out of February, and then I feel like then it's really going to start to cha- shift gears into the into the warmer weather, baseball, all that good stuff. Um, I got nothing else with the Cubs. You got any other Cubs stuff you'd like to throw in? No, but yeah, no, I don't have anything. <laughs> okay. All right, no. Yeah, well, there wasn't too much out of Cubs camp. Um, no, not yet. I, guess, I mean, not it's yet. good. I mean, Saya's looking huge, which awesome. I'm sure everybody's talking about that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see uh, what he can do. Hopefully, that's not going to hurt him in any way Hamper with his him, swing yeah. being yeah. adding all that bulk up. Uh, but yeah, he he looks like he's in really good shape, um, and he's already hitting bombs in uh, batting practice practice which is nice to see yeah. uh yeah i got other than that i there's not much i guess else to i mean pitchers and catchers just started reporting so just just reported going on um you know wbc baseball be be around the corner um so yeah. you got you got the cubs you know opening camp um you know mostly just baseball discussions and then on the other side of town in chicago and the other part of arizona i suppose as well you got the white Sox camp opening up uh, and baseball is probably the last thing that they are talking about, and that is due to the current outstanding um, investigation that is going on by MLB with Mike Clevenger. So if you're unfamiliar, um, back in, was this November? November, I want to say, December? Um, Mike Clevenger, or maybe it was later, but the police reports were from then. Mike Clevenger, um, his 
ex-girlfriend, I believe, um, yes. came out on social media saying that, you know, he is a drug user uh, and we're not, you know, we're not just talking marijuana. We're talking some really heavy stuff. Um, yep. uh, accused him of child abuse, spitting uh, chew on their daughter, which I can't even fathom why you would do that if that's the case. Um, and then also domestic abuse. And she posted plenty of pictures and, and bruises and things he had said, things he had done. Um, I know th- he had tried to pull the insurance from both her and their daughter uh, in order to get custody of her. There's there's also a custody battle going on, I believe. Um, some of the other ex-girlfriends and why or wife, ex-wife of his also she was saying that he was known to do this to them as well. I don't know if they've come out or if they're uh, participating in the investigation. Um, and ultimately, uh, this was after the White Sox had signed him. The the These reports came out. Um, and then that kind of got put on the White Sox. Like, okay, well, how did you vet this guy? You know, what did you do? Background yeah. checks, talking to former players that he worked with, things like that. Um, and... Lo and behold, nothing changed really, and he has shown up to camp. Uh, Rick Hahn came out and said that we didn't have any recourse. Um, it's up to MLB to suspend him and put him on the inactive list, which I would disagree. They could just say, you know what, sorry, we're done, and then pay him to go away. I think they're not going to do that, though, because then he could make that opens them up to maybe a lawsuit from him at some point, If especially if these things are not found to be true. I don't know. Um but yeah, I know, Vinny, you have some of his quotes, right? Yeah, Rick Hahn yeah, uh, came out and uh, he was asked if he was frustrated that Mike Clevenger put him and the White Sox in this position by not disclosing when he signed that he was uh, under investigation for allegations of domestic violence. Hahn thought about it for a while and said, I understand why he did, which is ridiculous. That's, yeah. Um, and this is that was from Stephanie Appenstein, uh, yes, um, a yeah. senior writer for Sports Illustrated, and then uh, Chelsea James, uh, national baseball, baseball baseball reporter for Washington Post. Um, she said, "Hot." Uh, she was quoted, "Hot on Clevenger. There's no way for us to be aware of the incident without someone being in violation of the confidentiality part of domestic abuse policy with the MLB." Outside of that, he said, uh, there's no indication of anything close to what is being alleged in this guy's background. So there's a lot in both those to unpack. Hahn yeah. is, Rick Hahn is literally playing lawyer for this guy by yeah. coming out and defending him. There's no reason for Rick Hahn to be speaking. There's no, none. absolutely Zero. no reason. Who in their right mind in that organization thought that would be a good idea? He should have been deflecting it as much as possible because there's nothing good to come out of this. There's no way they I, I look better get... for this. There's none. And I don't I don't see how a background check doesn't find this. I, I, okay. It was on social media. Right. There was a police report filed. <laughs> that, I, get, that... I get not knowing the investigation with the MLB because they can't right. disclose that. But they should have found something. something. I mean, and it's not... And we talked about it when the allegations first came out. It's not like this guy was some Boy Scout and it's like, yeah, this, you know, there's probably, this guy's been a dirtbag for a while. Yes. I, I, I don't believe that they didn't find anything. I don't believe they looked hard enough. um, No, they clearly, 
They clearly did not. Yeah. And to sit there and say, oh, I understand why he didn't tell us. Again, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. You don't need to sit there and even ponder it. And sit there and go, yeah, I get why he did it. Yeah, that was probably the most damning. out for himself. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if he was... If he was innocent, I mean, if it was me taking responsibility for stuff that would happen, knowing that there's an, he knows there's an investigation going on with himself. Yes. You would think that someone that's, you know, kind of a reliable and, you know, someone that takes responsibility for themselves would say, hey, I have this going on right now. There's no truth to it, and I'll be completely open with you. But I do want—I yes. want to make you aware that I have this going on. Instead of trying to hide it, so he can get his payday. And yeah, I—and to say you understand why he did it—that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and it's not like he's even a good pitcher. He's not even a good pitcher anymore. No, he's a fifth starter at best. So okay, he's, um. Yeah, a couple things to piggyback off. Uh, First of all, uh, once you're done listening to our show, don't do it yet. Um, Head on over to CHGO, listen to their White Sox podcast from Wednesday. Uh, Herb Lawrence, friend of the show who's been on, and Sean Anderson. We gotta see if we can get Sean on, because he seems like a pretty cool guy, too. Uh, They run their White Sox show over there, um, and they did a great job breaking it down, so I'm going to reiterate some of their points as well, but definitely check it out if you have time. So, um, first of all, and, and we can get to Mike. Then they had Mike Clevenger speak, which is even more asinine. Who in the PR department at the White Sox said, hey, let's have the guy. We're not going to. No one's going to want to talk to him about baseball, and he's not going to talk about anything but baseball. Let's let's see how this goes. But we'll get to that in a second. So, Rick Hahn, yeah. um, first of all, like you said, yes, if. I I don't know I I like to think granted I'm not in that situation and I'll be honest I'm hope I'm hoping based on the way I was raised and my personality I don't think I'm ever going to be in that situation that Mike Clevenger finds himself in uh, I can I can guarantee I won't be um, but okay if I'm trying to think like you said if I got hired somewhere I w- I think the smart thing would be to do like you said is to get ahead of it and be like hey there's an investigation going on this is what's happening I'll tell you whatever you want to know because it's not true. Okay, he didn't do that. The fact then that his boss, like you said, says, oh, well, I get why he didn't. What? So you you talk about how you want him to be a team player and, and be the good good for the organization. Well, like that totally goes against everything you're saying you stand for, number one. Number two, with the background check, in so many words, I don't know if you saw the, did you see the actual video interview or no? Just the, just the quotes? No. Okay, so in the video interview, he expands on that. And he says something along the lines of, well, we did we did our due diligence. And one of the writers, and I give them credit, they're not letting them off the hook yet with this. They said, and I, I wish I remembered who it was. I think maybe somebody from The Athletic. I'm not sure. But um, they said, okay, well, what did that entail? And he said, well, something along the lines of, well, we talked to some former players that he played with. We talked to former managers, um, you know, and we we asked around, and, and that was our background check. So... Unless it was a lie of omission here, he didn't say anything about a criminal background check, which when you're doling out the kind of money that teams dole out, you would think that would mm-hmm. be probably every every job does that. Every, I don't know a job that doesn't do a criminal background check, right? even if you're a Boy Scout. So, okay, that would have caught the police reports, number one. Number two, 
Uh, even if they didn't do a criminal background check, they could have done a FOIA. And if you're not familiar with FOIA, I know that just because of working in education or the Freedom of Information Act, you can re- you can request public information that's out there that you might not be aware of. Uh, a reporter found these police reports by doing a FOIA on Mike Clevenger back in October. Um, so that was able to be found by a, a journalistic uh, or a journal in by a journalist, I should say. So the White Sox clearly didn't FOIA anything related to Mike Clevenger. So that's mistake number two. Um, and I mean, if we're going to go for broke and have a third a third strike, just the fact that they then marched him out there, like I said, and that was that was even more damning as they started interviewing him. And he's at uh, this is Mike Clevenger. He's answering questions about everything. He's saying I'm going to be proved innocent. None of those things are correct. And he's going on, which. You know, whatever. And I know I know everybody on social media, well, this isn't fair. He's he's innocent until proven guilty. And I think you said it best a couple episodes ago when this story broke. This we're not in court. This is public opinion. Yep. It's a b- sports team. It, and and the same would go for, for anyone else who has a public job. If something breaks out or something comes out, I should say, you're gonna be put on administrative leave, maybe mm-hmm. for a short period of time, and then they're probably gonna can you because they don't want to deal with the the stuff that you're causing them issues with. So he comes out and they asked him, well, you know, why didn't you tell any, why didn't you tell the White Sox about this? And he opened his mouth and he started to say, well, I thought the investigation was over. Those were literally the words that came out of his mouth. And then they said, well, can you clarify? Oh, well, you know what? My lawyer says I shouldn't talk about this. We're not going to, I'm not going to answer any more questions about it. And then he stopped and he goes, I'm not going to answer this. I'm not going to answer that. But I would love to talk about how I changed my pitching mechanics. Dude, no one gives a damn about your pitching mechanics right now. Shut the hell up. And if you're not going to talk, then, then don't even come out. So I just, it's, it's pure insanity. I, I really don't understand. And this isn't me being a Cubs fan, like trying to hate on the White Sox by no means. I honestly don't care what the White Sox do. I care what the Cardinals and Brewers do and stuff like that. But, um, I just, it's not fair to the fans that Rick Hahn is, mm-hmm. is what, what has Rick Hahn done? I read a stat the other day in the last three years, which we're talking their prime window for winning. He has made yeah. one deadline deal. That's it. So he's not improving the team. Uh, their biggest yeah. signing was Andrew Benatendi, who is a good player, but when you're in a major market, that's not your, that shouldn't be your number one signing. That's like a number two or number three signing after you got some yeah. superstar. I don't understand. He, it's time for him to go. And Ryan Storff needs to go uh, for a variety of reasons, but it's just so infuriating. And like I said, I'm not even a Sox fan. I'm, I'm bummed out about it. So. Yeah. And there's, again, there's so much to unravel in that press conference. I mean, you have Rick Hahn saying that he doesn't want to comment on it because the, the investigation's ongoing yet. He's, taking the side of Clevenger by saying, oh, we didn't find anything in in our investigation, our background check. And, you know, I understand why he did it. And then Clevenger coming out and saying that he'll be proven innocent because the, the facts will be shown and, you know, the lack of evidence or w- whatnot. Yeah. Um, it, and if, if you're talking about abuse and you're talking about, you know, emotional abuse, yeah, that's going to be hard to, to prove. prove, and I don't yeah. know if you listened to the score. They had Olivia Feinstead. I did not get Feinstead, a chance to listen. Right? Yes, did you listen uh, to it? I did. I listened to it today. I I started okay. listening to it, but I pulled in the driveway, and so I wasn't gonna. I didn't know how long it was gonna go, so I yeah. listened to it today. Um, and it was it was really good. Um, she 
did come off very genuine. I was at first when they said they were going to have her, I'm like, ooh, this is. Yeah. This could get ugly. This could get bad. Like you yeah. don't know who. I'd never heard her talk no. before. No, uh, I saw the post, but yeah, you know, I mean, she could have come off as a real, yeah. real nut job, vindictive you know? or something. Didn't. Yeah, she sounded yeah. very genuine. She, you know, admitted that that you know her paycheck, you know, his paycheck helps support, you know their child yeah um you know her asks uh were very reasonable it sounded like she was giving him ample time to kind of clean up his act yes um she had alluded to him using acid and driving a car i did hear uh, about that while high on acid and driving with her as she was pregnant and then also driving his other two kids around from his other previous relationship uh Mm -hmm. while high on acid um yeah, it just it sounds he, he sounds like he needs help. It sounds like she was trying to do this was kind of a last resort, a last ditch effort, yeah, to get him thing. help. Yeah, uh, I recommend listening to the interview. Uh, Parkins and Spiegel did the interview; it was great. Um, okay. Yeah, she didn't you know didn't sound like she had any mouse. Again, she could be again you know she's telling her side of the story. Right. He's telling his side of the story. Sure. It's probably sure. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, she didn't come off as like a total nut job. She right. handled the interview very well. Um, and, you know, people were upset that the score had I was just going to say, like, yeah. I, I don't, you if you're going to be upset about that, then you should be upset with the White Sox for putting Clevenger Exa- out there because he had a exactly. platform to say what he did, and he he came out and said that he was not he would you know he was innocent. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be proven innocent. Yeah, prove it. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think it was fair for them to have her on. Um, again, I, if you haven't listened to it, I recommend you listening to her side of the story. Yeah. Um, and again, it's there's a lot there um, to unravel. And it'll be interesting to see what MLB. I mean, honestly, with the things she was saying, if it should be easily uh, checked by MLB and proven innocent, because she also alleged that other women that there's other people out there, yeah, abused, and so it it sounds like there's a lot of easily could be corroborated the evidence, right? Like, hey, has this guy done something to you? No, okay, move on. Okay, she's probably not telling the truth as we work our way down the list of other women that supposedly she is alleging that he's abused. So he's done this. um, Yeah, I think you know, you know, listen to him, like, well, there's going to be an easy way but again we don't know how mlb they might give him a light suspension you know yeah they might come out with something hard and then reduce it to half or whatever they did with bauer Bauer. Um, so it it, yeah i i advise you know if you're interested in this to listen to that um and yeah i i yeah i i the white Sox it's insane they really just stepped in on this one and i i Rick Hahn has just him opening his mouth. He's just come off completely incompetent. Tone deaf, absolutely tone deaf. Oh, we lost Vinny there for a second. Uh, yeah, no, Rick Hahn is is absolutely tone deaf. Um, and, and yeah, agree. You know, it was Jerry that was doing. You know, part of the hiring of TLR. Um, and this this is all Rick, and he's looking terrible right now. Absolutely terrible with. Each time he steps out in front of the, in front of the microphones, he's looking worse and worse. So, yeah, it's it's a damn shame, especially for a team that should be talking about championships and contending. They're not. They're talking about some other 
yep. off the field garbage that's going on, and it's it's mind boggling. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think you nailed it. Um, yeah, I don't, I honestly, I got I got nothing else to say. The the one thing that frustrates me, granted, I don't know all the circumstances, but I find it very interesting that all those things came out with Trevor Bauer. MLB said, all right, we're going to do our investigation. And I want to say, like, right before he had his next start, he was already suspended or put on leave, didn't he? I mean, like, it was a course of, like, a week where this has been going on. They've been investigating for three, four months at least. I don't know if they're they're waiting until the season starts before they, you know, drop the hammer or say he's innocent. Um, I would think you'd want to clear this up or or name your punishment as soon as possible i if they're going to name a punishment maybe they're waiting until the season starts because then that affects his game checks that's my thinking because i don't i think spring training is a little bit different in terms of checks um i don't know well we will find out it's this story is far from over it's definitely just getting going so all right um yeah, well, okay, let's let's switch gears a little bit. We do have the Zips and Pakoda rankings um, for MLB. Uh, so let's talk about those. Vinny, which one would you like to start with? I'll let you pick. We can start with Zips. That came out first. All right, so the Zips projections, uh, these are for the National League. I'll have to find the American League ones. So um, pretty much what Zips does is they try and... Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to find the, the best explanation for zips. Um, okay. So they look at platoon splits. They look at RBIs. They, I mean, every stat you want, they're looking at, and they're trying to build the potential wins and losses for each team throughout the season. So national league, here we go. They have Atlanta 94 and 68 and the Mets 94 and 68 tied for the division, uh, the, the national league East division, Phillies at 85 and 77, Miami Marlins 75 and 87, and then the Nationals, who oh boy, 64 and 98. We have the National League Central. Uh, Vinny, would you like to guess who's at the top of the National League Central? For Zips? Yes. I'd say Brewers. Ooh, close, but not quite. They have the Club Cardinals Curtis. at 91 and 71. Okay. They have the Brewers eight games back at 83 and 79, and then they have the Cubs under three. They have the Cubs under 500 at 78 and 84, which that seems a little low to me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if that's my optimism and fandom getting in the way, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And then they got the Reds and Pirates, but the less said about them, the better. Yeah. Uh, We got, ooh, National League West. We have the Padres and Dodgers projected to tie for the division at 91-71. Giants making a comeback this year at 88-74. Diamondbacks breaking even at 500. And, oh, man, Chris Bryant's Rockies projected to may have only 66 wins. Uh, Let me see if I can find the American League ones because I can't find the American League zips. So, yeah, is there anything while I'm looking up those? um, Is there anything that stands out or anything that was surprising to you? Well, the the Giants seemed surprising um, because Mm -hmm. they really didn't do. I'm trying to think of the moves they made. I don't think they made anything significant. They didn't get Correa. <laughs> they didn't no. get Judge. No. What did they end up getting? Um, did, yeah, they I don't get Rodon. Rodon's not there. Rodon left. Yeah. yeah it seemed, Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that they had him up there. I mean, I mean, they're they're playing for second, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's either that's really be all Padres it is. Or Dodgers should be, unless you know the the Giants do go on some crazy run like they did two years ago. Right. Um, right. 
yeah, the the East should be interesting uh, with everybody kind of up there. The Marlins are kind of you don't know what they're going to be. Um, are they just going to you know be the bad Marlins or you know yeah. they they did some they they made some additions. Uh, they got a really good pitching staff, so it's going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cubs at seventy eight wins, okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's I three, think, three short of five hundred. Yeah, I, I guess. I just think the um, you know, I think having a good defensive catcher is. I, I don't know. I'm buying. I'm buying into that. That metro or the the stats of with Wilson without Wilson. I'm really buying yes. into that and. Um, well, I guess we'll see what that wh- how that actually plays out going forward. Um, I I think they can be better than seventy eight wins, but also who you know last year I had them winning the division. Yeah, like, win the division. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I think it's going. They're gonna be maybe they'll be around where they're at. Um, they were at at the end of the year. You know, record wise could be the same as last year, but. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, you know, it's going to be more consistent. It won't be these long. I mean, they had long droughts of, you know, winless, winless games. Uh, and I may, maybe it's more smoothed over and it's going to be, you know, not as many, uh, you know, 10 plus. I, I don't know. I felt like they had a couple 10 plus loss uh, yeah, streaks there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I, I you know, the Brewers. They didn't really do much. They pissed off their ace. This uh, going through uh, through arbitration. I don't know if you saw that quote. Yep. Um, this week or today, actually, uh, where he was very he was not, not happy. happy with the whole not process happy. and them having. To, I mean, and I I know I think it was Ian Happ was on the score and he's talked about that process where you're literally in there and the team you're playing for is telling you how bad you are. How bad you, you are. Be yeah. paid. It's not a pretty process. No. Um, so yeah, of course he's probably not happy about that. Um, but yeah, it it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out this year. Yeah, I. I I, I think it will be very interesting. Uh, real quick, AL East, they have the Yankees at 89 and 73, the Blue Jays 88 and 74, the Rays 86 and 76, the Red the Orioles 80 and 82, and they have the Red Sox dead last, 79 and 83. Wow. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that myself. All right. Wow. Oh, boy. All right. I'm going to be honest. The AL Central uh, Zips projections, they have the White Sox having more uh, oh. wins. They have them. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. They have the White Sox having less wins than the Cubs. Um, all right. So the Guardians, Cleveland wow. is in first, 83 and 79. Twins, 83. 80. Twins, 80 and 82. White Sox, 74 and 88. Tigers, 71, 91. And Royals, 70 and 92. That's interesting. Can you imagine yeah. um, if the White Sox have a worse record than the Cubs and the, the White Sox are in their window, <laughs> World Series window still? So. Yeah, I, or are they? I, I don't. I don't, don't maybe I don't know if they are anymore. I yeah. But. I I don't know. I know we've talked about it. I, I just I don't know. Our were the was last year the that go the regular going forward for all these guys. I mean, I'd like to think not that. Yeah, a lot of them are going to rebound. Um, but again, I don't know. It's really just—I mean, 
uh, you know, was it all Tony LaRusso's fault, you know, the way he was managing and handling yeah. the players? Or, you know, is this how these guys are going to be? I, they had a lot of freak injuries. I don't know if they've updated their medical staff they in strength and conditioning, but they ho- I hope they did because, man, they cannot afford to have these guys go down with injuries anymore. Right. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. If they can stay healthy, I can't see them – having that record i have to, i mean if they're all healthy they don't lose Aloy for a long period of time luis is going to be out there almost every day you know tim anderson isn't going to be on the you know the 60-day dl for any period of time for a broken finger or whatever he had last year i god i would have to imagine that they're going to win the division if they can think. stay healthy but i guess if. that's a big if at this point yeah uh, and then to wrap up the Zips projections, they have the Astros at 90 and 72, the Mariners and Angels at 85 and 77. I don't see the Angels being above 500, but that's just me. Uh, Rangers, 79, 83, and the Oakland A's. On the Oakland A's, 72 and 90. I want the A's to be good. It makes me sad when they're not. All right. Um, I mean, well, Justin, you must be sad a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're usually bad. They I, good I feel like... Every three or four years, they they somehow put together like a Moneyball team and they they make the playoffs they in the wild card. They ship everybody but, out after it, and then they yeah they dump everybody. Um, all right, real quick, Pagoda, Pagoda, sorry, not Abe Pagoda. Uh, same thing there, but this is from Baseball Prospectus. They have the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and Orioles taking uh, the AL East. Uh, I should, let me let me try that again. The Orioles ending in dead last. They have the Red Sox in fourth, a little bit different from the Zips. AL Central, uh, this one has the White Sox a little bit higher with 78.4 wins. So they're taking into account something a little bit different there. Minnesota in the the division winner there, not Cleveland, uh, by one win. Uh, AL West, they have, wow, this is a big difference too. Astros taking the division, the Angels in second with 86 wins, and the Mariners in third with 82 wins. Switching over to the NL, we have the Mets with 96 wins projected taking first, whereas Zips had the Braves taking first. Um, NL Central, man, Cubs, Cubs are being done dirty here. This time they have Milwaukee taking the division with 88 wins. St. Louis projected at 86. The Cubs projected with 77 wins. And then lastly, in the NL West, we have the Dodgers taking it with 96. The Padres with 93 and the Giants with 81. So a little bit of discrepancy there. Kind of interesting to see how that all works. But yeah, I don't know. I want to be more optimistic this year about the Cubs. My goal is... A potential wild card berth. I you get close to the wild card, so. making making playing meaningful games in September. Um, I'll I'll count that as a victory. After last year, I'll definitely count hope. that as a victory. So yeah, I mean, I, th- um, I think yeah. looking at the division too. I mean, the what did the Brewers do in the off season? They didn't do Nothing. anything. I don't know what they, they did. Got rid of they didn't the they got rid of Colton Wong. Um, yeah, they didn't really sign anybody uh, of. You know, note, no. Wade Miley they got, which they yeah. one year prove it deal. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I guess the pitching staff, but they can't hit. They can't hit. They haven't been able to hit <laughs> no. in the past two years. So, <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I can see them. You know, people putting the Cardinals uh, as the division winner. I mean, they they had really strong uh, seasons last year out of uh, Goldschmidt and mm-hmm. Arenado. 
they're probably hoping for the same thing. Uh, they just signed Wilson. That's another big bat there in their lineup. So I can see people putting them as a division winner. But man, yeah. the Brewers like what? What have the Brewers done? They haven't. They didn't win the division. They haven't done last anything? Year. No, no. They, I don't. They got I don't worse. get that. I yeah. Whatever. Don't get that at all. <laughs> so. All right. Um, well, we do have one football story. I don't know. Is it worth playing the football music for this one story? Your we choice. Talk about it. All right. So, Vinny, it. tell us what is the football story for the Bears this week? The Bears have officially closed on the Arlington Heights racetrack. Woo! That was announced, uh, yeah, that was announced this week, and uh, shortly after. The Bears posted the announcement that the they were moving to, uh, or no, they haven't moved. They the Bears said that they closed, but there's still a lot of hurdles left yes. to um, get through before they can build the stadium. And the mayor's office in Chicago came out with a statement shortly after. It says today's news about the closure of the Bears' option in Arlington Heights has been anticipated for some time. Nonetheless. All of us diehard Bears fans, the mayor included, know and believe that the Chicago Bears should remain in Chicago. So, now that the land deal has closed, we have even a better opportunity to continue making the business case as to why the Bears should remain in Chicago and why the adaptations uh, to Soldier Field can be can meet and exceed all the Bears' future needs. There's simply no doubt that the economic benefits for the team of staying in a reimagined soldier field significantly outweighs those gained in a move to the suburbs due to the Bears' legal restrictions in the pre-purchase phase. The city was unable to engage in direct negotiations with the Bears while the land was under contract. Now that the deal has been completed, we look forward to negotiating and convincing the Bears that the team's best future remains in our beloved city of Chicago. What a bunch of BS! And that—that that is just like honest. jilted lovers. Like uh, they're gonna come back. We haven't had a chance to talk to them, but they're gonna come back. We got this. Yeah, give me a I, break. What can the city offer the Bears that they're—they're they're not gonna give them the stadium ownership rights? They're, no. They're what can they? You know, they're not gonna give them any ticket sales from any shows that go on there. Right. There is absolutely no reason for the Bears to stay at Soldier's Field unless there's some sort of like environment, you know, they find a bunch of dead horses that they can't touch. They can't build on there because there's a horse grave there from the horse. There was a horse massacre. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I, I, you know, or the you know, it's contaminated because of all the horse shit that's been on the the on the oh yeah on the, the racetrack track. yeah 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 outside of some sort of environmental disaster that you know is restricting them from digging and building in that area. What can the city offer the Bears? That's not the Bears will be the richest franchise in in the United States if they have yeah. if they are able to develop on this land and have their own stadium. It, I yeah. mean, it's I, no one's going to be able to cut be and dry more valuable yeah. than them. Whether they're in the city or the suburbs doesn't matter. And they're not the only team that has a city named and they're out in, in the suburbs. suburbs. I mean, yep. I think San, Fran- San Francisco's one. Dallas is one. The Giants are one. The Giants and the yeah, Jets okay. don't even play in New York. They play in New Jersey. No. Like, who cares, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I it just, yeah, it makes no sense. And I think uh, the mayor came out again and said something like, "There, she's very convinced that the the bears are going to stay. She, I, I don't know what in, uh, the 
Tribune. Uh, I'd today. like to know which uh, whatever she's on. I'd got to get some of that because they're this. It, it's not going to happen. Uh, and I don't know if this is more of just a trying to save face because who wants to be the mayor that loses the Chicago Bears? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, as a fan, I think, it, I I think it's more of care. the saving face trying to appear to make an effort. I mean, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I just don't see anything that they can realistically offer that's going to no. be better than the move. No, it like you said, them being able to own the actual stadium, be able to control the field itself because we know how bad the turf is or the grass is. Mm-hmm. Being able to make money from concerts and other things going on in the off season, it, it it's a done deal. I you know the the Chicago the mayor's office can say which they want, uh, and I get why they have to, especially with an election coming up. Um, but yeah, it's it's not. It, they're they're gone. They're as good as gone, which is fine. Arling, Arlington Heights is not that far, and like you said, it's not a big deal if they are a few minutes outside the city. Uh, I don't think yep. too many fans are going to care. So, all right. Well, on that note, let's switch gears and get to the whatever. Now it's time for whatever. 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 Whatever you want. Whatever I want. Whatever, dude, irrelevant. Whatever, dude. All righty, Vinny. Take away. Take it away. (laughs) Welcome to whatever. (laughs) Baseball, whatever. This week we are ranking our top five Pixar movies. Uh, Not Disney, just... I guess Pixar is a part of Disney. I yeah, it, we're ranking our top five Pixar movies, Pixar movies. Um, and this this is like a tough one to do because I feel like there's so many good ones. Although Justin, you alluded to earlier that you are not a fan of that many Pixar movies. I I don't know. I wouldn't so say I'm not a easier, fan of them. Was it? It was definitely very. You didn't like so many. My my top three were locked in from the get go, and then it was just moving around four and five a couple different times, but um. I also have not seen as many Pixar movies as I thought. Some of them were more, I think, just Disney Animation Studios or whatever it is. So that was one thing. Um, a lot of them were more Pixar movies from, or, or a lot of the ones I have seen and remember were more from my childhood. I just haven't seen, or I, don't, I don't really have, I don't want to say I don't have a reason because they're good movies in general, but I just haven't had a really a reason to go see Pixar movies in the yep. theaters. Um, I mean, I've caught a couple on on Disney Plus, and I'm sure as Maddie gets older, we will be all in. And if we redo this topic in like three or four years, I'll be able to tell you everything about Pixar movies from front to back. So you will. I guarantee <laughs> it's coming. You. I, it's coming. So all right. All right. Um, with that, do you want to kick off with your number five? Sure, I would be happy to, Vinny. All right, my number Thank five. Uh, this was one. Um, initially wasn't going to be on my list. Um, oh. cause I was like, uh, I've seen this one a bunch, you know, it's fine, but it's not one that I would necessarily seek out in particular. Um, and that is oddly enough, that is finding Nemo. It's a good one. Great soundtrack. It, it is. Um, I think it's one that I've seen a ton cause it was one I would always play on like the last day of school cause it was a safe bet. Like. It's, it's it's Finding Nemo. Everyone knows. That. I've never seen Finding Dory. Um, I don't too. even I don't even really like Nemo as a character that much. It's more the supporting cast. Um, yeah. What's the turtle's name? Uh, shoot. You know, what, like the sur- Crush. Crush is awesome. 
Crush's kids are awesome. Uh, and I also like the cast or the fish that are in the uh, tank when he ends up in Sydney in the dentist yep. office. Um, I think, is it Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond plays the starfish? Uh, Willem Dafoe, I think, is the angelfish, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, just some just some good good casting there. And then also the pelican. I love the pelican, too. I don't remember what the pelican's name is. But, um, yeah, that little girl that taps on the glass, scary as hell. She's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Just, yeah, that's my I, number I'm five. I'm surprised that you like this one. You come off as uh, Marlin uh, character. Marlin. Marlin. Oh, the, the wow. Dad. Yes, the overprotective dad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Th- if you were a single parent, you would probably be oh, very much like him. If I was a single parent, yes. I I give uh, credit to all the single parents out there. If we have any listening, I don't know how you do it. You guys are amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly. I barely got my stuff together as a parent with a wife who is also the parent. Uh, I don't know how, how single parents do it. So my, all the credit goes out to them. But yeah, I think if I was on my own, I think I would be way more overprotective um, of Maddie. And granted, she's only 16 months. So maybe I'll be more protective, overprotective as she gets older and she's going to school and things like that. But um, yeah, and we had we had fish tanks growing up. So that was always fun and saltwater tanks. True story. Mm-hmm. My dad uh, had a saltwater tank three or four times during my course of living at home. And I remember they went to Florida and he said, Hey, Mm -hmm. can you take care of the saltwater tank? Can you make sure you feed them? Great. No problem. I will be happy to feed them. I was in either high school or college at the time. I think high school. And I'm not kidding you the day after they left, not even like 12 hours, all the stuff, all the fish started having like crap grow on them and they all got sick and like a good chunk of them died before they got back. And I felt horrible horrible i'm like it's not my fault i didn't do anything i fed him when i was supposed to and i turned the light off when i was supposed to and that was it they just didn't make it so i don't know Mm, sure it was a bummer yeah so all right there's that's my number five finding nemo good one yeah i love the soundtrack for finding nemo it is good Um, it's good and that's yeah that's oh and the sharks too i mean the visuals in that is really good too what'd you say the the sharks fisher friends not food or Yes, yes, that's great. Yep, Fisher, I like them too. Fisher friends, not food. Yep. Yes, um, I like. Yeah, that. that's a great movie. So, good way to kick off your list. Uh, Thank you. My number five is Toy Story Two, um, mm, the okay. second installment in the Toy Story series. I love this one. Kelsey Grammer is the the bat. You know, he's the villain in the it. Prospector um, is great. Yep. I, I you know the whole story is. Um, it, it was a a very good sequel. Um, which was, I mean, the first one was phenomenal. So it was kind of, how are they going to build off of this? And I think they did a great job with adding in the new characters with, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, we lost Vinny again. Uh, yeah. Toy Story 2 adding in the new characters. I thought they did a great job. Je- you know, it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, my number five is Toy Story 2. Excellent. Uh, you kind of cut out there, but I did get the. We I think oh. we got the gist of it. I will say, all right. Uh, Toy Story Two is not on my list, Vinny. Um, I think now, granted, I have not seen Toy Story Four, but out of the three I have seen, that is the weakest one to me. Really? Yes. I have, wait. How many? Which ones have you seen? I've seen one, You've two, seen and three. I've seen one, two, and okay. three. That's it. 
Uh, I, I think it's cr- insane that they're making a fifth one. I don't, I, they're milking yeah. it at this point. Um, oh yeah. I, f- I feel like but, three I mean, was a perfect not, ending. Right? Yeah. It's a cash cow, right? I mean, if, if you're one of the voice actors, you collect a big paycheck and it's going to be some, you yeah. know, it's going to be an okay movie. Probably. It's not going to be anything It'll be fine. No. And yeah. You get to I do just, and, and if you love it, then why not? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it was about the second one. I don't, I think I th- maybe as a kid, it was more that it just kind of bummed me out with like Jesse and her being left behind, and that part you know, is a little slow. Uh, yes, yeah, that I guess I, could, so, I can see that, but yeah, I, I just I, liked you know the toys going through the toy store and then Barbie yes. and that yeah. whole thing, and yeah, I I I really enjoyed that. I don't know. I, I it's it's still definitely not a bad movie. It's not a, not a bad Pixar movie and not a bad not even a bad movie. But yeah, for for whatever reason, I, that's one I need to revisit because I'm wondering, as uh, as an adult now, because I have not seen it probably since middle school. Um, as an adult, I wonder if maybe I'd have a different take on it now. You know, but you might, yeah. yeah and I, I might. see the reason I like it more. Like three, I think. I feel like people like three because the visuals in three were. So good, really good. Compared, yeah. you know, two is still like kind of older, outdated, and yeah. I think you know three's it's newer, and you know, and I guess you know it, it is it is a good film. I, I can't knock it, but you know, mm-hmm. and I get why people might like that more than two. But yeah, for me, I I really enjoyed Toy Story too. So. That's it's definitely a good movie, and I think like you said, Kelsey Grammer is the villain, uh, the yeah. prospector who you know he's wrapped up in his in his his uh packaging still and then all of a sudden he's not in his box anymore because he was really yeah. never wrapped up in his box it was just you know yeah. part of the act so um and and also um i can't think of the actor's name but newman does a great job in that movie too yes um, yep yep yeah does, he does a great uh, plays job. al mcwiggan yes the chicken guy the chicken guy it's great yes exactly yep. all, all that right complaining going into work uh, and he just has to drive across the street. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's it's a great sight gag for sure. Yep, very very good. Um, so, all right, but yeah, that that's a good one. All right, Justin, you're number four. My number four. Uh, you just mentioned it a second ago. My number four is Toy Story three. Um, I okay. still remember going to see this. When did Toy was Toy Story three? I think that was that 2009. Something like that. Yeah, 2010, June of 2010. Okay, so okay. I remember. Um, that would have been a year into your sister and I dating. I remember us going to see that together. Um, and for me, like I said, I think two was enjoyable three though. I think the reason I liked it so much was it just was like the perfect encapsulation of like toy story one came out when I was eight, seven, eight, like when I was a kid. And then this Mm -hmm. came out, I was 21, just turning 21, like just about to start adulthood Getting out of co- I just got out, I just graduated college that year or the year before, you know, having a real job, being an adult, quote unquote adult. Like there was something about like just it timing perfectly with like my own life. I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because I made so many connections. Like when I was a kid, I had all the action figures and pretending that they were, you know, alive and in orchestrating like these gigantic scenes between Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe's and Star Wars and wrestling figures and all that crap, you know. Yeah. So and then I think this one being like um, you know, Andy's older. He's he's going to college. He's not in this anymore. It's it's something he looks back fondly on, but he has no use for it anymore. Like it reminded me of myself. And that scene where they're on the conveyor belt, like getting ready to go into the incinerator. Yeah. I 
I was like, they're not really going to do this, are they? Like, is this oh, really I how they I had the exact like, same thought. There was part of me like, wow, they're they're really going to do this. Like, this is it, yeah. you know? And, and you take a step back and it's like, oh, God, there's no freaking way. Disney has done some dark stuff in their movies, but they are never, they would never kill their, they're like, not you that know. Blatant. No, and they're not going to kill the golden goose that they've got with this. So um, that scene in itself, like, I don't remember everything about that movie. That's a movie I've only seen once. I saw it the one time in theaters. That's it. Okay. But it stuck with me. And that's one that I've definitely meant to revisit because it was just so um, it, it was just really good. Like, even as an adult, I feel like in our theater, when we went to go see it, I remember there were more people my age and older that were there that weren't even with kids. It was like, this is our childhood. Yeah. It's it's ending. Here's how it's going to end. Let's see how this plays out. So for that reason, that's my number yep. four. Yeah, That's a really good one. Yeah, that I mean, that whole scene when they get to the dump, it gets yes. dark because then the, the, the green aliens are the first ones that get swept away. And you're like, oh, my God, they're gone. Like that, They're gone. That's they're, it. They're all going to. Yeah. You're like, OK, yeah. this is getting dark. Like they just dis- they got pushed away by a, uh, you know, it's like a snowplow almost yeah. or trash. And you're like, oh, they're gone. OK. And then you like you're seeing like they're going through the conveyor belt and like. You know, things are getting chopped up. Oh my God, yep. are they going to make it? Like, and they're all kind of oh, saying their goodbyes, and, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, then they're going into the incinerator and you're sitting there going, oh my God, this is it. Like, how are they, like, you see them trying to struggle to, like, stay out of the incinerator. Yeah. And, like, you know, you're like, oh my God, this is it. Like, no one's coming to say, Andy's not going to save him. He's no. not there. Like, who's no. going to save him? And then the aliens end up saving him. Uh, right. You know, spoiler right. alert. Uh, yeah. But, you know, and it's like, oh, they, okay, now it makes sense. But, like, at that end, man, they really did a great job. It was a great. That, like, ending up and making you think like oh god this is gonna happen <laughs> like okay yeah. like maybe this shouldn't like, have a pg rating <laughs> i know in my head i'm like 13 r i'm like i just remember being like if they're gonna do this i don't want to see this movie like i'm i'm, I'm gonna right? I'm good. I like, just stop stop the film just stop somebody <laughs> right? kill the projector you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. yep that's good a call. that's a great pick um, thank you thank my you my number four is ratatouille Oh, I have never uh, I seen Ratatouille. Ratatouille is really good. I really enjoy this one. Patton Oswalt as Remy, the main mouse or I guess rat character. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Uh, they have a lot of great. Uh, I mean, I, they're not a lot of I guess big characters. Um, was it uh, what? <laughs> Uh, uh, Raymond's brother. I can't think of his name. I can't think of his um, name either. But yes. But yeah, he's in it. Um, he's the uh, the Gusto. He Brad Garrett. Plays oh, the, there you the go. Main there you go. Voice of Gusto, and it's 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 really a very interesting premise. Very unique. Um, you know, the rat able to cook and ha- controls a human being pretty much to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, a very good story. Um, you know, the food in it looks really good for being cartoon. I've food. heard that. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's number four for me. Um, you know, another good soundtrack and takes place in France and it's, yeah, it's a very nice story. Um, and I, I recommend, I recommend you watching that one. Justin. I'll give that one a look. I do. I do like, list. I do like Patton Oswalt, so I would definitely like to check that out. Yeah. Um, I think heard, I think you can put that things. one on, and Maddie would like that too because you know it's animals, rats, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, good yeah. visuals. So all right, cool. I yeah. will add that to the list. All right, all Justin, right. number three. 
My number three, this was one I remember seeing quite a few times as a kid. Um, I know there's two sequels or a prequel and a sequel. I have not seen either of those. Wow, I didn't realize this came out back in 2001. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, that is the original Monsters, Inc. I, you give nice. me John Goodman. You give me Billy Crystal. I'm there. I, those two guys are amazing, you know, Hall of Fame actors for me. I think they yep. did a great job. I completely never realized Steve Buscemi plays the villain. Um, that yeah. blew my mind. I had no idea. <laughs> uh, we got Zach, Dr. Toboggins in the chat, Dr. Mantis. Um, I, I, now, you, you could tell Mantis. me that was true. I wouldn't even know if they did make pizza in Ratatouille. but Yeah, they made a ton of sausage pizza, and they and, delivered it. And, and it was they all delivered pepperoni it? when they delivered it. Oh, uh, yeah. it's a bummer. It's a bait and switch. Yeah. That's how they get it you. It really is. Um, but yeah, like I, I remember that movie being great. Like just the the whole concept of like I, I would love to know what was the writer's room like when they came up with this idea. Like there had to be marijuana or weed being smoked, right? Like for Monsters Inc. Yeah. Like you think about it, like, okay, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make a movie and it's about monsters. Okay, well, what powers their city? Well, they make these doors and they go into closets and scare people, and that powers that's electricity for their entire city. Oh, oh, I like it. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's green light that. Go for it. Like, it's just a weird. I think it, it's it's awesome. It works, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an awesome way to like kind of, especially for kids that might be afraid, know, think there's a monster under the yeah. bed. Well. Well, the monster, you know, it, it puts it in a nice light, like, oh, the monsters yeah. are just there to help Get power their-, their city. So maybe it helps kids not be scared. Although right. my right. son watched this a ton and then started getting scared of the dark. Uh, um, so maybe it doesn't help as much um, as uh, maybe Pixar was hoping. But yeah, I I agree. It's it's a great movie um, and uh probably come up again at some point uh here in the rankings and i i as a kid granted in 2001 i i was either no i think actually no i would have been a freshman in high school when i saw this spot wow, surprising um i loved the design nightmares and yeah i still had i still had nightmares too the monster <laughs> designs were really cool but i absolutely loved and i don't know really why but their equivalent of like the CDC, the guys in the hazmat suits yes. that all were like goofy shapes. I thought those guys were hysterical. Those were my favorite guys. Uh-huh. So, and then like when the the clothing from inside the rooms would end up on the monsters, they'd have to like shave them, and it was a whole yep. you know decon- yeah, decontamination. Yeah. So yep. great, great movie. Um, yeah, I that's one I want to revisit, and that's also one I've never seen Monsters Inc. Two, and I've never seen Monsters University, which I think is a prequel. Um, I've not seen either Monsters one of those. Universe, so. There's no Monsters Inc. Two. Oh, is it just Monsters University then? Yeah, they, they and do that's the have uh, like a mini okay. series out. Um, oh, that's which what I'm thinking I haven't of. really watched. Um, but yeah, and that takes place after Monsters Inc. But Monsters University was okay. also really good. And I okay. If you haven't seen that one, Justin, I recommend. Have I will check that, that out. No, I have not. That one's no, good. Not. That one's they do. It's really cool seeing like the university aspect. They do a pretty good job with that aspect and like college life and everything like that so okay yeah, I'll have I to give that a look. That one. it is a little sadder because spoiler alert mike and silly aren't the best of friends uh to okay. start off with so um it but it's cool how everything you know, again they do a great job with kind of like creating 
you know, this universe of monsters right. and stuff like that and what they're all about. So, yeah, I, I recommend watching it. Um, and that that was another, again, good soundtrack. That was, I think Randy Newman did the oh, score yeah. for that one, too. So that is another that is, good one. All right, I'll give that a look as well. All right. All right. Um, on to me. Uh, my number yeah. three is The Incredibles. Oh. Um, this was such, I mean, it was, this is really a great movie. Um, Craig T. Nelson, Samuel L. Jackson. I think my wife and I, I, have you seen this one? I haven't seen this one either. No, you haven't? Oh, this no. one's so good, Justin. You sh- especially for someone that likes superhero Yeah, I stuff. think I should check this out, this too. This is really good craig t nelson's great in it there's a scene in it with uh samuel jackson where there and you know there's uh you know a bad guy outside and he's you know he's gonna call the arms and he's gonna go out there and save him because he's a superhero and he's asking his wife where his super you know his super suit is where that's at and she's like "Uh uh-uh you're not leaving this dinner party i've been (laughs) planning this for weeks and he's like trying to you know she thinks he's just using it as an excuse to leave that you know the world's in danger and he needs to go save him she's like nope you have to stay here for the dinner party it's always a good scene um my wife and i always <laughs> laugh and we always quote that one uh, but you know it's it's a great story um you know kind of you know these superheroes you're real people and then they have to go into like pretty much witness protection because people turn on the superheroes because superheroes are saving people that don't want to be saved mm. and there's a lot of legal ramifications with that um so yeah it's it's really good it does again it's another great story about you know kind of oh if superheroes were real but then they had to go into hiding and be normal people what would that be like for them and it's kind of that whole aspect um or what if superheroes you know had kids and stuff like that they were a real family but they're superheroes so again justin i think you would really like the incredibles just because you're into like the superhero stuff yeah it's it's another great spin on kind of this world you know we see as kids growing up and kind of putting it into like adult perspective yeah that's another one i don't i don't know how i missed it right like i don't know maybe it's just because i was i was i just looked it up that was oh four so i would have been like a junior almost a senior in high school but but even still like i feel like disney movies kind of transcend it it, it's not really like something's too little for you right so I don't know how I missed that. I, yeah, I never saw that. Never saw Incredibles 2. Um, yeah. That was good, too. Know. But yeah, that's definitely one. That is definitely one I've been wanting to check out. Just haven't gotten around to it. But yeah, there's there's quite a yeah. laundry list here of things I got to see still. Yep. All right, Justin, All right. number two. All right, this one um, I finally saw last year. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and that is Coco. I really liked Coco. I think A, the music is great. B, I love the theme of, you know, Day of the Dead and in the the culture, the Mexican culture and, um, you know, the importance that that plays on and being able to cross that bridge and living on in perpetuity and stuff like that. And, you know, you're the, the whole concept is you can continue living as a skeleton in the afterlife as long as you're being honored and remembered by your family. Like, that's a really interesting, unique idea. Um, I loved the fact that, you know, this idol that the kid, I'm forgetting his name, but the idol, so to speak, that he thinks is his grandfather, like, is a complete sham art, you know, scam artist um, and not really who he is and being able to expose that and then ultimately seeing, you know, this 
poor poor guy that's kind of living on the streets in the afterlife is actually the one that's his grandpa and being able to reunite the family and things go along from there um absolutely great movie like i said the music is phenomenal one of my favorite scenes is when they bring uh him into the afterlife and it's them at the like irs of the afterlife trying to document why the grandmother can't go back because someone knocked her picture off the uh the Afrenda, I believe it's called. And just yeah. like her tearing the poor like dusk jockey like uh, a new one because he's he's on his computer and he's like, I don't know what to tell you. But um great movie, great visuals too. I absolutely think that's yeah. a, a very visually stunning movie. Um and that's probably the newest Pixar movie I've seen altogether. Um, but I really enjoy okay. that movie for sure. So Yeah, that's I haven't seen that. That's one I haven't seen all the way through uh, from okay. beginning to end. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I know mm-hmm. the soundtrack and it, it it's great. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things where I kind of figured out what was going, like what was going to end up happening. Uh, sure. In the parts sure. that I saw, I mean, you can kind of you it, can kind yeah. of get to that there as an adult. Um, you can make that you know those connections leap, and yeah. everything. But um, yeah, it was it was a that. From what I saw, it was great, and yeah, like you said, like some of the scenes, like the IRS, like the you know the the police stopping people um, from you know being able to go back. That's always that was kind of really I really enjoyed how they did that. So mm-hmm. that's a good choice um, for your number two. Thank you. Uh, my number two, uh, you talked about as your number three. It is Monsters Inc. Um, you know, same thing that you had talked about. You know, the characters that they have: John Goodman, Billy Crystal. I mean, they they played off each other great. There was great uh, chemistry between those two. Uh, I loved Mike Wazowski; such a funny character. Yes. Um, yes. And yeah, I think I think I thought it was it was a great concept you know the monsters they have they're scaring kids because they need to power their city but at the same time the kids like they're actually terrified of the kids like you know their monsters are coming out of the door and saying the kids almost touched them that you know it's harder to scare the kids because you know they're watching you know they're you know you know, in you know, there's more you know entertainment and stuff going on, and they're not scared of kids anymore. And what are they going to do to power the city? There's rolling blackouts and stuff. I thought it was it was a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal movie and concept. Uh, I really enjoyed that one, and it's one that I. I hope to be able to start playing again in the house. Um, we haven't, you know, I think my son's kind of past that point of wanting to watch sure. the uh, Monsters, Inc. maybe. But um, mm-hmm. maybe my, our daughter, uh, once yeah. she starts getting a little bit older, will want to watch it. I think that'll be a good way to introduce it to her for sure. Yeah. All uh, right. All right, Justin. My number, number one. one. All right. My number one. Um First Pixar movie ever, at least one released to the public. Uh not a not a short i should say regular movie and that is the original toy story i that's mine too I, you know that is it <laughs> okay uh, yeah i mean like that came out i believe it was 95 94 let's yes. see 95 okay so like 
I just like that whole the whole concept of like you know your toys when you're not around they're alive they're talking they're they're doing their thing yep. like that was just such a cool as a kid such a cool magical idea you know the little green army guys being sent down with the baby monitor in the beginning to spy yep. on what's the new presence they got you know you go back and look at it now and it's like holy cow this CG is so outdated but I still remember as a kid being like oh my gosh like this is all computer yep. graphics and it looks a real it's like it's really perfect good. right um you know the 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 scene in the truck with um you know the pizza planet truck and and them getting smashed by the tools in the back and going to that arcade like that arcade looked so cool looked as so a kid cool. i wanted to go to something like that so badly um sid is a is a kid sid was messed up like he needs some help there's there's some destructive yeah. tendencies in that kid um well, he's the, yeah. he ends up being the garbage man. In, he's the garbage man in three. Th- in the in three, right? Yeah. So, um, so many good, you know, just gags and things like that. Great music. You know, I don't know too much about Randy Newman, but the Randy Newman songs that are in there, I do enjoy. Um, I, I could go on and on. You know, just the different characters, the Mister Potato Head, and in um, oh, what's the bank's name? The piggy bank? Is it just pig? Ham. I can't think. Of, Ham. Thank you. Ham. Uh, in in uh. Uh, the the dinosaur in in little Bo Peep in you know the Rex. race car yep. Rex thank you um, so good like I remember renting the Sega Genesis Toy Story game and it was so hard especially for kids um, but I remember renting that a ton just because the movie was so much fun and yeah mm-hmm. I I could go on and on but it's just such a cool movie at the end you know them getting the dog and then I love how you see. <laughs> In the movies, the dog gets progressively older, and it's sad, but at the same time, it's kind of cool to see, like, you know, they gave this dog a loving family throughout the entire three movies, because it granted, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Hope, well, I, I'm assuming Andy's not in the fourth one, but um, yeah, great movie. That's that's all I got. So now, I do got to ask, are you more of a Woody guy or a Buzz Lightyear guy? I don't know. I go back and forth. Yeah. I- what about you? I like sci-fi more than westerns, but I am definitely okay. I'm definitely more of a Camp Woody. Buzz just I don't know. He's well in the first half of the movie in the first one, he just seems like such a arrogant yeah. dick. I don't know. You know what I mean? And yeah. granted he changes throughout the courses of the the other movies, but uh Woody was just he was that was my guy. I was my favorite, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. So, um yeah, fun fact about Toy Story, they ran out of uh like ran out of their budget. And really? so at the birthday party, if you pause it, the kids at Andy's birthday party all look like Andy. <laughs> they didn't they didn't have enough oh, money geez. to make each kid their own like individual face, so they all I have never Andy's even face. Notice that. Well, interesting. it's really quick. Um, but yeah, so I, that's one little interesting fact. But yeah, I mean, the cast that they have, yes. Tim Allen, Tom Hanks, they're just absolutely, they play off each other great. Yes, they do. Um, yes, they know, do. Don Rickles and Ms. Mr. Potato yes. Man is hilarious. Yes. Um, there's, yeah, it, it's one of those movies that has some good, uh, some good adult humor. I mean, the whole series does uh, where it's good enough where if you're an adult and watching it, you can appreciate it and find some humor in it as well. Um, And and I feel like they laid on thick with each one, like the more adult 
jokes yeah. like with uh within toy story 2 when jesse um does like the same like jump swinging around uh flying around the room like buzz did in the first one buzz's wings just pop open yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah so yeah it's just you know they do f- funny uh funny stuff like that that's uh really uh enjoyable uh and like you said it was it's so magical to think like oh my toys are they're alive yeah. like i can talk to them and they'll probably hear me and stuff like yeah. that and they really they really like you know playing with me and stuff like that so yeah that's that's such a cool premise so yeah Toy Story for me is number one, and oddly enough, it's the first Pixar movie, so it's, yeah, yeah I mean, rightfully so. That is, I, I think the, the last thing I can say about it is, like, I just loved the fact that, like, and, this is getting really in the weeds, but I loved how Andy incorporated all of his toys and, like, would, would do, it wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to play with Woody and my Western stuff, or I'm only going to play with the yeah. Army men, but, like, mashing it all together and creating his own little thing. Because, like, as a kid, that's what I did, too, with all my stuff, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah just such a such a good movie. And that that's one I really yep. can't wait until Maddie gets a little bit older to show her. Hopefully it doesn't freak her out and think her toys are alive and watching her while she sleeps. I don't, I don't know, but... Um, well. I mean, we'll if she's happens. anything like you, I'm sure she will. Yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we've made it. Oh, we have we have to go oh, we over get to uh, submissions. We got to get to reader submissions. All right, you want to take the first Justin, one? I'll let you go first. All right. Brian uh, wrote in. He said they're all great. Here's what comes to my mind initially, though: Toy Story trilogy, Onward, and Finding Nemo. I don't think I've ever Onward. seen Onward. I'm trying to think of which Onward. Came out in 2020, the, and it features. Yeah, so that one was about. Yeah, they were teenage like, um, elf brothers on a magical yep, quest. They're elves, and like, yeah, it was kind of like a real world type, kind of like a Monsters Inc., but elves and I. Think oh, they Chris had, like, Pratt and it came out during the pandemic, Tom Holland. So. Okay, and Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it apparently. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I, I missed. I totally missed that one. That one all the way through. Um, and I think I've seen very little of that. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. But it's, okay. it's interesting that they had Tom Holland and Chris Pratt in that. Or yeah. Both in the MCU. You're right. You're right. So. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to give that one a a watch. I like I said, that came out during the pandemic, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it. So, and it okay. was a little bit. It was. I think it's. You know, it's a. I think it's a little bit. Was too. My son was too little for that. Yeah. One, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I'll have to give that one a watch. Um, All righty. Robin writes in uh, Toy Story Three, Finding Dory, The Incredibles, Coco, Brave, Toy Story Four, and Up. Hmm. I've never seen Brave Up, either. Yeah, Up, Up's a hard Up is one good. For, up is good. I actually like the. They have a. I don't know if you saw the. The they came out with a short series of. I think I heard about Doug, it. It's just called Doug. It's about the dog, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is better than the actual movie. Um, just because that beginning is just. Depressing. Oh my god! Like, that that I, beginning will just break you within the first five minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's rough. That, and for me, that's why I can't put that on my list. Be, just because, like, it's a great movie. Like, it's cute. And yeah, Ed Asner is great know. in it. Yeah. Yeah, but that that beginning is just so 
It's really hard to watch. That's, it's, it's, it's funny that my mom brings that one up because I remember seeing that it, when it came out or maybe I maybe I showed it as a movie on like a um, yeah I must have shown it like on a movie day for school or something because that came out in 09 and you know I would have been in my 20s it, the, in, the, the beginning didn't really bother me at all but now like being married with a you know and actually I just saw the intro it started playing the other day and I'm like oh my gosh I have not seen this in forever yeah I'm gonna sit down and watch this in the first five minutes the intro I'm like Oh crap! I oh I yeah no I'm I'm good and I I kind of tapped out immediately. Yeah. I'm like ah oh, nah I'm good. So um that's still a good movie, but yeah not one I've revisited for sure. All right, uh, my buddy Greg writes in. He said up Coco and Finding Nemo are his favorites. Nice. Those are all good ones. Uh, Erica writes in, I did not see as many Pixar movies as I originally had thought, kind of like you, Justin, uh, as you were talking. Uh, But she writes in and says, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Toy Story 3, and Up. All good picks. Wow, that might... You even really have a bad Toy Story pick. um, Besides Coco and Up, we have the exact same list almost, so... Uh, all right, Pat writes in. He is actually a former student of mine. He's now in college, which is really depressing me because uh, I'm old. Uh, he said the original Cars yes, has to be in this list somewhere. The rest of them, though, sucked. I'll be honest, Pat. I don't know if he's listening or watching, but um, I am not a fan of any of the Cars movies. I, I find them really horribly, horribly boring. I've only seen the first one. Didn't the do anything was the for best me. One I thought that's what I've heard, yeah, I- but. Yeah. Didn't do anything for me, and I'm and like I'm somebody who likes watching F1 when you know when it's on the race weekend yeah. and stuff. But um, that I don't it did nothing for me whatsoever. I don't know what's wrong with me in terms of the movies. Huh. So when did you watch it? When it first? Oh, came out, I, I yeah, it was probably when it first came out. Um, which was you should rewatch uh, it. 2006. Like it. Yeah, I would have saw it when it first came out. Yeah, oh six. Okay. Yeah, maybe so, maybe you should rewatch it. Watch. Maybe you'll All have right. an appreciation for it. Um, yeah, I the the first Cars is really good. Two was awful. Um, it was like supposed to be a like a spy thriller, and it just yeah, it wasn't that good. Um, Didn't they do planes too? Like a, they did do. Yeah, they had like planes and yeah. No, no trains or automobiles. Um, oh, it's not worth it. I guess it, Cars is the automobiles one. Um, but um, yeah, the first Cars was good. The third one was, that was okay. Um, it was, you know, it, if that came out second, that would like, the series would have been better. But that second one was just so I've bad. I've heard it's really bad. Uh, it featured Mater, which is uh, the guy, the uh, Larry the, the truck, Cable guy. Right? Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, and it I'm just good. was... <sighs> He was fine as a side character, but as the main character, it was it didn't do anything for that me. That stick got real was, old. Yeah, and then the last one was kind of like a redemption one, but the the visuals in that was ugh, fantastic. Mm. Um, in the third one, I wish the first one had those visuals; it would have been great. Um, but uh, yeah, the first one was really good. Uh, you know, typical. You know, I feel like this. Ta- you know, that typical. You know rich person kind of gets humbled type of thing uh in yeah. a small town i feel like that story is always you've seen it before some yeah but it's it's good um okay yeah i i liked owen wilson in that one and um i can't think of the guy who played uh doc um oh uh newman um not not newman from seinfeld but the newman's dressing guy i can't think of his paul newman that's it oh yeah um, yeah yeah 
Paul Newman was a doc in that, and he was he was great in that role too. Um, but yeah, I, I Cars wasn't on my list. I almost put it at number five, but I, it didn't make it because uh, Toy Story Two is a uh, I like that one better. So. Moving on from the Cars talk, uh, Jaybird writes in number five, Coco, number four, Monsters University, number three, Brave, number two, Luca, and number one, Toy Story also has Wally as an honorable mention. Now, I have not seen Wally or Brave. I've seen bits and pieces of Wally, but I've heard I've... Wally's like a phenomenal story. Wally's good. I enjoyed it. Um,. It's almost kind getting to depressing. the point of it's almost being a cautionary tale of uh, I don't know a lot, lot of things um, in terms of our modern civilization. But yeah, it's still a good movie. Um, the first like forty five minutes, I don't even think there's any dialogue. It's just Wally by himself, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've seen it. So, um, but still a really good movie. Movie and amazing visuals as well. So. Yep. Um, all right, Dr. Mantis, I don't know if he's still in the chat making pizzas, but he says, number five, Monsters, Inc., number four, The Incredibles, number three, Up, number two, Finding Nemo, and number one, Toy Story. You can tell a lot of us nice. that are writing in are all the same age because we're all having, like, Toy Story near the top, so. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, now, did you see Luca at all? No, I did Going not. Going back to Jaybird's list? No, I did not. Yeah, that one was good. That one came out... Uh, in, during the pandemic, I think near the end of the pandemic, and that one, okay. I like that story. That was good. It was about a, I guess, mermaids or mermans, uh, <laughs> um, to quote Zoolander. But yeah, it's kind of like in an Italian town type of thing, and these fish creatures are there, and the the townspeople try to you know get the uh, fish people. It's just like this whole kind of back and forth, and this fish. Uh, one of the fish people wants to be like human, so kind of like the Little Mermaid almost, but without the love story. Um, so, but that it's yeah, it was a really again good visuals, uh, fun story. Um, not I, I feel like it's not as innovative as some of the other stories that they've told, but still good nonetheless. Um, gotcha. Uh, Fitz Magic uh, from the OnTapSportsNet.com wrote in. He said, "For me, it will always be Monsters Inc." Yes, that's a solid. It is one. a good one. It is a good one. All right. Uh, the Rustlin' Addicts podcast said, "I'm a huge Toy Story guy, but all of them are amazing. All Toy Stories make it in my top five. That fifth spot, though, is extremely tough. So I don't. They're they're still thinking about their number five. But yeah, um, I I need to go back and watch Toy Story four. I have not watched that one yet. So we'll that see what happens. That one's good. Um, I don't know. For me, that's the weakest of the the four. I can um, kind of see that being the case. But again, sure. that. A very visually appealing movie because that's like the advanced. I mean, just recently came out, so it's got the best CGI. But um, yeah, I mean, Keanu Reeves is in it, so you can't go wrong with him. Uh, I'm sold um, already, right there. Isn't he? Was it Duke yeah. Kaboom or something like Duke that? Duke Kaboom. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, I felt like it was the weakest of the four, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast wrote in and said Toy Story 2. Um, yes, okay. I'm, I'm glad they good have movie. that on there because, yeah, that was a that's a good one. Uh, Jordan, a uh, friend of the podcast uh, and co-host last week, he wrote in and said Toy Story. So that's his. Nice. 
Uh, Caleb wrote in uh, and said, I was dealing with a little bit of depression when I saw Inside Out in theaters. I totally forgot that's a Pixar movie. That's a good one, too. It still gets me uh, on rewatches, but it it's because of it. It reminds me of how far I've come in my own uh, mental health journey. Yeah, that that... That's a great movie, and it's, it does is. a great job with all the different emotions. Have you? You yes. probably haven't seen Inside. I have, have seen you? that one. I've seen. Okay. I feel like I've seen. Th- I don't know if I've ever actually seen the ending. I've seen probably three quarters of the way through, and I did enjoy okay. it. It was one of those where it's like, oh, I haven't seen the ending. I don't want to put it on my list. But um, Lewis Black is the anger emotion. I thought was phenomenal. Yep. I thought that was great. Um, Amy Poehler the, does the a really good job. Of the the emotion. Excellent. Yeah. Was great. Um, and, and you know, the, yeah, my, having uh, uh, Phyllis be the you know the downer, that's right? The yes, sad, and then um, I can't think of his name. Um, oh, geez, uh, Bill Hader was kind of like the goofy. Uh, what was he? The goofy was he, emotion. Yes, yes, he was. That's and right. And then um, Leslie from Parks and Rec was Amy like Poehler, the, yeah, yeah. Amy Poehler was like the super happy one. So joy, I mean, right? Was the, she joy? The, yeah, she was. Yep. So the the people that they had for all the emotions, I felt like they just casted them absolutely perfectly. Excellent. Because I mean, when you think of Amy Poehler, I just think of Leslie Nope. Yeah. And how like upbeat and like super positive she is. So like she played that role perfectly. Um, and it was, yeah, just the way it like kind of goes in with your inner workings. Um, I thought was it was great. Um, and I I love the scene, uh, where they're at the dinner table. And the the wife's talking. Oh the, the, you just took. The, the, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> say something. The, the husband just sitting there like on autopilot. Oh, she said something. Uh oh. Like the and like Uh-oh. all like his brains like. They're, all the emotions, all emotions are like, what happened? What did he say? Figure out what's going on. It's an excellent <laughs> it's scene. Great. Excellent scene. Yeah. Excellent scene. So. Oh. Uh, all right. Let's see. Where did we leave off? Uh, Trent. Trent. Trent wrote in, said, I'm of potentially controversial opinion here that Pixar only has four truly great films. Number four, Monsters, Inc., three, The Incredibles, two, Toy Story, and one, Ratatouille. Those are the best ones, in my opinion. A Bug's Life. Ooh, that's a good one, too. I haven't seen that in ages. I that one. I haven't seen that in a good 20 years. Uh, Toy Story 2, Finding Nemo, and Up are all good, but not in the great category. Interesting. All okay. right. All yeah, I, I keep forgetting about some of these Pixar movies. Yeah, I totally forgot yes. about uh, Bugs Life. Um, yes. But uh, I digress. Um, um, I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize. I it's N- Nabil, I believe. Nabil? Nabil, yeah, Nabil writes in and says, number five, Up, also super charming, probably the last of Pixar's golden age. Uh, uh, number four, Ratatouille, charming as can be. Number three, The Incredibles, fun as heck, super quotable, and surprisingly mature. Yes, I agree. Like Justin, I think you you can watch that one. Yeah, I need to. That's like that's it. probably at the top of my list right now. And then Ratatouille and uh, Toy Story four and a couple other ones. Yep. But yeah, Incredibles, I really need to see. So. Yeah, uh, Nabil go- goes on number two. Wally, eco conscious, smart, and charming. Number one, Finding Nemo, rewatchable, quotable, and wholesome. Those are great ways to describe all of those movies. Agreed. All right, and then lastly, to wrap up, Lucas says best Pixar movie is Wally, and it's not even close. One of the best love stories in film. That is true. It's a cute one. After that, he'd go Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and Toy Story one through three. I feel like they are all on par with each other 
All right. Nice. Vinny, we've made it through another episode. Woo. Any so, uh, uh any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share before we uh sign off for the night? No, absolutely none. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll keep it well, up myself. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's fine by me. Uh, no problem there. Um, if you'd like to reach out and tell us what your favorite Pixar movie is or what you think about Mike Clevenger, Rick Hahn, any of those things, uh, you can email the show, baseballandwhatever at gmail.com. You can tweet us at baseballandwhat. You can find us on Instagram at baseballandwhatever, facebook.com slash baseballandwhatever as well. Uh, you can like, share, and subscribe our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash baseball, whatever. If you're a Twitch person, twitch.tv slash baseball, whatever. And, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but we have five TikTok videos now. Uh, find us on TikTok at baseball and whatever. Uh, but more importantly, the most important one, send us voicemail or text us one nine one three eight zero eight three two seven eight. That number again is one at nine one three eight zero eight fart. All right, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see what we come up with. Uh, But thank you for listening, and uh, have a great weekend. See you next time on Baseball and Whatever. Bye, everybody. Take care. You're still here? It's over. Go home.